Welcome to the Designer Boss Podcast. Listen, learn, lol, and level up with the ultimate success guide for web and graphic designers. My name is Anna Dower. I'm a cake-loving, success-slaying graphic design mentor. And I'm Emma Kate, your personal sensei for mastering the wonderful world of web. Together, we'll show you how to harness our tried and tested experiences and hard-earned lessons while you soak up everything we know about building a successful design business. Hello, welcome to the Designer Boss Podcast. My name is Anna and I'm here with Em. Hi. Uh, Today we're going to be talking about thinking locally versus globally in your business. I like to refer to it as like doing business the old way versus the new way. Because when I work with a lot of designers in my e-courses or through mentoring or my Facebook groups, It's something that I hear all the time. I hear designers say to me, but Anna, I live in a small town and I don't have many opportunities here. And yeah, it blows my mind that people are still thinking that way when the internet exists and we have access to a huge global audience. Um, And we're going to be talking about that today and the kind of things that We've changed in our businesses to think globally um, and the benefits you can gain from thinking globally, not locally. Yeah, it's something I see come up quite often too and uh, it's, it's interesting for me because when I first started out, I sort of thought globally from the get-go. I'd uh, Whether it was, I must have heard it from other people and that's how I thought about it. But, you know, one of the first things I did was as a designer go on to Odesk, which is now called Upwork. It was called Odesk at the time, but it's like an online, you know, place where you can hire freelancers or be a freelancer to hire. And I um, signed up for that pretty much like the beginning of my freelance career. And so I got clients from, you know, all around Australia, but also overseas. I had clients in the United States and and, uh, and Canada that I work for and obviously never met. Uh, I don't even think we Skyped or anything like mm. that. It was just all sort of email um, and it was it was fine. Like it was, it was no big deal at all. And then I also have clients that I didn't find from there but just as referrals that happened to be in Sydney or Melbourne or, you know, other places around Australia that... I obviously don't live in and I never met them. We never had in-person meetings. We might have done some phone calls sometimes, um, but that was pretty much it. So I sort of had thought globally from the outset of my freelance career and I also had people, especially clients in like Sydney and Melbourne, saying how cheap I was because I was charging rates for my little Tweedheads, Northern Rivers mm. area, uh, where obviously in the major cities people can charge more. Um, and so that sort of got brought to my attention and I could I realised that, well, I could charge more. If I'm really, if I'm providing as much value as these other designers are, what's stopping me from doing that? So it was something that I'm grateful that it kind of just came to me 
I'd say naturally. I I'm sure I didn't invent it. I'm sure people told me, <laughs> but I can't really recall. Um, but, yeah, it does kind of blow my mind when I hear people um, in our group say mm. that, oh, I can't charge that because no one's going to pay that in my area. I only live in a small town of 2,000 people mm. or and it's like you, you don't need to just serve those 2,000 people. There's a whole world out there. And I think 2020 showed us a lot more. You know, I think 2020 really brought to attention of um, previous people that previously thought, oh, no, I can only work in my local area or I need to, like, be in a physical office and I need to have in-person meetings in order to do my job and that's what people expect, all that stuff. We now know that sometimes that's just not possible, especially in the world we live in today, and it's not necessary. You can still deliver really quality work to clients without having those in-person meetings, uh, and they can be in the other, on the other side of the world in a completely different time zone, uh, and it still can work out perfectly fine. So I'm yeah. excited to talk about this and, and hopefully motivate people to really think bigger than their local area. Yeah, totally. I remember in my design business, I actually did some work for a Mexican uh, restaurant in Canada (laughs) and um, I did their logo, their branding, all that sort of stuff. And then they were like, can you design our shop front? I was like, sure, take photos, email them to me. And I worked on it that way. And I remember I did some bus wraps for a bus in Hong Kong Um, like totally random stuff but it worked and it's really important to kind of think outside the box of doing business the old way because in the olden days it was all about you know like in-person meetings it was about uh, you know, doing a letterbox drop of flyers mm. <laughs> and, you know, and even business cards are kind of old school business now because we don't actually see, see anyone in person. It's all online. And when you do have those global clients, um, like we all Zoom now, Zoom is um, pretty much the standard, I think. Um, there's also Loom which is a Chrome extension. So you can record your screen and talk on top of it and explain things to your clients. You don't necessarily have to talk on the phone. I think email is fine. I made it really clear in my design business that email was my primary form of communication. And it's important to tell people that that's how you're going to communicate and that's the expectation. And it works really well. You've got everything there to refer back to. I'd sort of, I had that before, but then I think I'd sort of made it um, really clear on my website and stuff after, you know, probably before we started working together, Mm. just reading your emails and your blogs and stuff and you'd suggested doing that. And I was like, oh, that's a great idea. So making it crystal clear on my Uh, contact page but also I have like a project inquiry form on my website and I even have it as like a question in the form so it's like this is how I like to communicate is that going to be okay with you essentially and they can say yes or no and so it's like from the get-go and that's like one of the very first questions so they don't have to keep filling out the form if they're one of those people that likes a million phone calls or wants in-person meetings or something, then they know that I'm just not the right fit for them. I'm not the right designer for them from the outset because there are some designers like I know um, 
my VA and awesome web designer, Danielle Green, loves talking on the phone. Yes. She's a weirdo. (laughs) She is. (laughs) Like, just loves it. She's quite happy to have a chat with clients on the phone. I'm the opposite. I just just feel like I'm just wasting my time sometimes. I just want to have it via email or like we'll book in certain meetings and do like a Zoom chat, but then clarify everything via email, like have it in writing afterwards. Like this is what we talked about. This is what we're agreeing upon. Mm. Um, So I'm opposite that way. But yeah, just knowing how you like to work is I think important. If you're one of those people that really wants to work with local clients and really wants to have those in-person meetings, then yeah, go for it, you know, but you don't have to just you don't have to just rely on that. Yeah. And I feel like that's like the hard way. Mm. I feel like you it's going to be hard for you to scale and grow if you're stuck in the local mindset. I know some people do want to do that, but I feel like you need more than that now. And back on like what you were saying about the phone, I do not have my phone number anywhere. Mm, (laughs) If I went to another designer's website and I saw their phone number on there, I'd be like, why are you doing that? Um, It kind of just invites clients to jump over boundaries. Um, You don't want to start receiving text messages or, you know, you send an email, you don't want them to respond with a voicemail. Mm -hmm. It's kind of just like allowing them to get out of your lane. So be really specific. And with the Zoom calls, even put a time limit on it. Like, sure, let's jump on a Zoom call for 15 minutes. I've allocated 15 minutes of my diary for this call mm-hmm. um, just so it doesn't go out of control. And then charge for anything more than that. We're kind of creeping into boundaries now. <laughs> but it's part of, like, dealing with clients on a global scale. Yeah, and I think setting those boundaries <laughs> is important because otherwise... If client doesn't, if the client doesn't know that it's only going to take fifteen minutes, then they might block out an hour in their calendar mm. and think that you're being um, slack, only staying for fifteen minutes or something. So it's good to just set those expectations. So to minimise the chit chat, I guess. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Um, another point that um, I had sort of around that is when clients do request in person meetings because that that does come up. It has for me often, especially with local clients, like they want to meet up to to do something in particular. And I got to a point in my business where I actually would reply back saying like, I actually have it here. I have an email template that I will share with you. Um, I'll put the link in the show notes so that um, you guys can see it. But essentially I just reply back saying that I'm very happy to meet up in person to go through and gather the information we need. I do, however, charge for in-person meetings. I've attached a quote for this. If you're happy to go ahead, just let me know and we can book in a time and place to meet. Alternatively, you can book in a free video chat here and then have Mm. like your link to Calendly or Meetfox or whatever. And then it's kind of putting the ball in their court. So they go, like, your time's valuable. Do I really have to meet up in person? Maybe we can just do this via email or a Mm. video chat. Uh, It makes them sort of sort of see that you're taking your time seriously and your time is worth money 
And hey, if they want to meet up in person, and I've had a bunch of clients that are like, yeah, no worries. Here's 200 bucks. We'll meet up in person. I'm like, okay. And because they just like to work that way. And if they're happy to pay that, then that's fine with me. And I'll shout them the coffee at the cafe. If that's what they want, that's fine. But you've got to make it worth your while. Because for me personally, that involves me getting into like normal people clothes and yes. like putting makeup on and you know not wearing slippers like it's just so it's a big deal I need to I need to charge 200 bucks for that yeah. and if you kind of want to soften the blow of the 200 meeting fee you can even put a disclaimer in there that says you know if you end up booking a package with me over the value of say five thousand dollars I'll refund that 200 dollar you know, initial meeting, yeah. I'll take it off the total. If that's what, if it makes you feel better, yeah. like you don't have to do that, but that's just an idea. Yeah, that's a good point. But um, something else that we wanted to talk about was charging in a different currency. And I know that you've just started doing this. Yeah, I just recently started doing that um, in my for my e-courses, um, I haven't done that for client work just yet, but for um, my e-courses and products I sell on um, emmacate.co, I recently changed from Australian dollars to US dollars. And it was a sort of, it was, so my reasoning behind it was I'd seen quite a few other Aussie people doing the same thing. And I was like, oh, that's interesting. And then I'd read about it um, sort of on their websites, why they charge in those currencies. And it, you know, the reasoning behind it mainly was that most of their uh, customers or clients were overseas. Mm. Uh, whether they're in America or not, it sort of didn't matter. If you had global clients, then the US dollar is just like most people know what the US dollar is in relation to their currency. When people from, say, England or South Africa were, like, buying my course, seeing Australian dollars, it's probably, like, a bit hard for them to, like, Mm. grasp exactly how much that would be. So charging in US um, just kind of made sense for everyone except for, obviously, my Aussie clientele. But we all know in Australia roughly how much US dollars is in comparison anyway. And you kind of expect it when you're buying stuff online. Mm -hmm. I know I do as a web designer pretty much everything I buy for my business is in US dollars because it's all plugins and themes and apps and tools and stuff and they're all all in US dollars. Mm -hmm. Um, So that was part of the reasoning behind it um, to just make it less confusing for people make it more um, just easier to sort of like understand. Uh, And then also like a lot of the stuff that I buy is in US dollars, so it kind of made it easier that way. And it also made it look, I wanted to increase my prices, but I didn't want it to sort of start looking really high. Mm. Um, So now I've sort of made most of my courses 890 US, which actually looks like, you know, it looks significantly smaller than saying 1,200 Australian. Um, So... Um, that's worked out good for me. And so I've started doing that for the last uh, probably a couple months now and it was exciting seeing my first, like, ones come through Mm. that were in US dollars. Um, So I think that's something to consider too if you are working with a lot of overseas clients, then you don't have to necessarily charge in your currency. It is a consideration though, obviously, with what do you call it, like the currency conversion fees and things like that. So taking that into consideration depending what bank you're using or how you're collecting those payments just to make sure that, you know, you're not going to lose a big chunk of your money Mm -hmm. in currency conversion. Um, 
but that that would be a consideration anyway. And it makes you look like you're really global. Like Mm. I can imagine if someone who is in the United States landed on your website and perhaps in the past was worried about um, buying from an Australian, you know, entrepreneur now it's kind of like oh well she works globally because she's selling her courses in u.s dollars you know Mm. um yeah i can see how that would work are there any kind of tricky implications with accounting or anything or is it pretty my accounting gets a bit complicated anyway because i've got to transfer everything from like stripe or paypal into my bank account Mm. and then by the time they take out fees regardless of the currency it's always a little bit different, like what mm. what obviously someone pays for my course isn't what I actually end up with because of the fees and things like that. Um, so because I have it set up that way, it doesn't really, it doesn't make it any more complicated for me because oh. it's already different anyway. Um, but I could imagine if you were syncing, you know, your shop with your accounting software and, you know, it could get a bit tricky that way, mm. but I don't. I don't have it synced up that way because of GST and all these things that have to think about anyway. Yeah, and let's, like, just touch on, you know, receiving payments from overseas clients. It's not hard anymore. I feel like in the past the only option was PayPal, um, but now there's a whole bunch of different services that um, can help you get money from overseas clients. It's not as hard as it used to be. So don't feel like that's a hurdle that you have to overcome because there's so many things. There's, um, I think, transfer-wise and there is PayPal, but you need to take in consideration the fees. Yeah. You're always going to have fees from, you know, anyone who sends you money through PayPal. Unless it's going to be a direct deposit into your bank account, Mm. then you're going to, chances are you're going to have fees. Like a lot of account keeping software like I use QuickBooks online and that can I can collect credit card payments sync it with my PayPal account and it will take the credit card payments I think Zero, you can do that with PayPal and maybe even Stripe as well um so you can still invoice your clients and they just pay that way and they don't need to pay through transfer wise or something if mm-hmm. they don't want to um, so there's lots of ways you can do it. You can even have a form on your website or a product on your website that syncs with your Stripe or PayPal account. Like yeah. it's, it's not um, it's not overly scary to set up at all. Like it's pretty simple. Yeah, yeah. I can I totally get how like a whole bunch of fear can come up. Like oh, there's these barriers. There's there's time. There's you know getting the money. There's all that sort of stuff. But it. It's all easily overcome and it's so worth it when you're actually serving globally rather than locally. Like your audience just grows massively. Um, Yeah, so you should do it. (laughs) Especially if you're niching down, like Anna always, the queen of niche, (laughs) says that we should do. If you're niching down, if you're trying to find, you know, Mm. pet groomers in your area, (laughs) you've probably got like three people you can like sell your services to. But if your niche is pet groomers on a global scale, Mm. maybe in like every English-speaking country or something like that, like you can think really... You know, that's that's thousands of people that you can be uh, marketing your services to. So working globally just means that you've just, you can really niche down because there's so many more people that you can be. And 
Look at our summit, the Designer Boss mm-hmm. Summit. We have speakers that we've never, well, I don't think we've met any of them in real life, but who we've approached via email um, to ask, you know, to participate in our summit, to become a speaker. Um, And then we have people attend from all around the world as well. It's pretty amazing. Absolutely. And also... Anna and I, if you listened to the last episode, (laughs) this is the first time we've actually ever met in person. Mm. And we've been, uh, you know, I I first met Anna probably two or three years ago. She was my mentor. And then we started doing bits of work together, masterclasses for each other, and then um, built the summit together, have a podcast together. And this is the first time we've actually ever met in person, even though we only live like an hour and a bit away (laughs) from each other. It's crazy. Um, like if we, you know, technically we could just be like on the other side of the globe from each other and it wouldn't even have mattered up until this point because we haven't had to meet in person. Zoom is all we need to do. Mm. Zoom and Facebook message. That's pretty much how we communicate. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and we're here sitting next to each other and it just feels like we've known each other forever, which yeah. we have known each other for a while, but it's really easy. And, yeah, don't let it be a barrier, you know. I feel like it makes everything better on the global scale and we love that about the summit, hearing where people are watching us from and it's awesome. Yeah, (laughs) If you do think of any barriers, like if there's like, Mm. oh, if there's something we didn't cover and you're like, oh, but how do you do this if you Mm. work with an overseas client, please reach out and let us know um, because it would be great for us to, we can cover this more if it's something that you're feeling like you've just got these sort of barriers and you can't, you don't really know how to implement it all. Let us know. Yeah. Yeah. That's a great idea. And if you want to, um, stay in the loop with the designer boss summit, uh, with the next one happening in October, make sure you jump on the website, designerboss.co and jump on the wait list and you'll stay in the loop as to when it's happening and who's speaking and all that jazz. Yeah. Excellent. We'll talk to you guys soon. Bye. You've been listening to the Designer Boss Podcast with Anna Dower and Emma Kate. If you'd like to learn more about us and our upcoming digital summit for graphic and web designers, head to our website, designerboss.co.